Welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. Where we apply scriptural principles to everyday Christian lives. I'm Gabe Bontrager. And I'm John Rich, and today we're going to discuss five unique things that only an everyday Christian would do. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're thankful to be with you. Happy 2021. We're looking forward to what God has in store and what he's going to do. For the very first episode this year, we wanted to discuss the idea that comes from the quote, do something today that only a Christian would do. It's a thought that truly aligns with the mission and overall goal of this podcast, and that is, how can I be a Christian every day, Brother Gabe? And we're looking this year to really speak to what an everyday Christian will do. What are some yeah. foundational things for our faith, for Christ, for a Christian? And uh, today we're going to be speaking about five unique things that only an everyday Christian would do. And the first thing that we're going to be speaking about today is having an overwhelming burden for lost souls. Yeah, you know, when, do you remember what it was like whenever you were first saved, Brother Gabe? I know whenever I was first saved, I wanted to tell everyone about Christ. I wanted to tell everyone about the goodness of God and what yeah. He had done for me. It was such an overwhelming feeling, and, and you probably remember that feeling too, is yeah. when you were first saved, you remembered how you wanted to tell others about yeah. that experience you had. Such an overwhelming experience of everything uh, that God had done for you and what He delivered you from. You know, I think about when Saul was on the road to Damascus and the Lord appeared and and spoke to him. Saul asked, very one of the very first things was, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You see, when our lives are changed, the first thing that we desire is knowing what God wants us to do. We need, I believe, to get back to having a desire to do something for God and a desire to see souls gave. You know, or save Brother Gabe, I was I was thinking about a individual, and I won't mention names, but they had just recently got saved about a month ago and seeing their burden for someone who was lost. Really smote my heart. And I feel like we as Christians get so bogged down in ministry. We get so bogged down in just everyday life. And we're going through the motions, if you will. We're going to church when we need to. We're praying when we need to. But we fail to have that burden that reminds us of what it was like when we were first saved. And brother, I believe we need to get back to having a desire to do something for God to see those souls saved. It should draw us to prayer and fasting, and it should draw us to the lost and give us a desire to tell them about Christ. When I was first called into the ministry, I remember the night that I really got that desire to see souls saved. And it was an overwhelming desire to see souls saved. And from that, it was that summer that God really did a work in my life and called me into the ministry. And John, you were talking about, even earlier this morning, we were talking and you were saying that, you know, if you're going to see someone saved, you've got to have that desire. And every Christian should have that desire to see souls saved. You know, um, not just having an overwhelming desire because we have gotten made it ourselves, but we need a God-given burden, a God-given one. When's the last time that you... That God gave you a burden to to seize a lost soul saved. Right. You know when when have you made that prayer? You know it's you know hopefully it's not been too long for us. <laughs> you know, um, but having a God given burden for the lost, a God given burden for maybe a lost family member, God can and will give you a burden for the lost right. when we ask Him out of a deep desire 
to have a heart after him because yeah. God's heart is to see souls saved. That's why he came to this world to die yeah. is that he would, that souls would be saved and be brought to him. He came so that he could make a way to be saved. Yeah. You know, the way to have that burden from God is to get closer to God and to know his love. The Bible simply says this in Ephesians three nineteen. it says, and to know yeah. the love of Christ and to know the love of Christ, which passed which passeth all knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I think that if we are truly going to have a burden for the lost, we are going to, in order to have that, we are going to need to draw closer to Christ and to draw closer to the love of Christ, Brother Gabe. So the first thing is we have an overwhelming burden for the lost souls. The second thing is that something that's unique only an everyday Christian would do is, is keeping a Christ-like attitude in the face of adversity. You know, we're yes. speaking about Saul who became Paul and, and, and wonderful, one of the best people in the Bible, if not be the yeah. best, a lot of your favorites. But speaking of Paul, who wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, the significance of that is, is these are great epistles, but they were epistles that were written while Paul was in prison. Yeah. And there were times where when he was beaten and placed in physical pain, but he still wrote those incredible letters. I mean, he wrote things like Ephesians 1.3 that says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly high places in Christ. I mean, think about Philippians 4.13. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Strengtheneth me. Uh, Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to, to thee which also are your called in one body, and be ye thankful. Philemon 1.4 says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always, in my prayers. These are, I mean, there's so many. Ephesians is one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. Yeah. But look at all of these things that Paul was facing and sitting in prison, still able to say, God is a good God. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So when you are a Christian and something that's unique about you, when you love God and are drawn close to him, you're going to have a, and keep a Christ-like attitude in the face of everything. You know, he was able to understand in those moments to be content. Yeah. And he said, I know how to be a base and how to abound. And he said, I knew, I know, I learned how to be content. And, you know, to have that, uh, you know, that that mentality in those situations when there's great adversity is just yeah. incredible. Uh, you know, the results of having a Christ-like attitude in the face of, of adversity is that we may, in fact, win someone who is being difficult in our lives. Yeah. Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 says this, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire <laughs> upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Man, I think about you know, times you know in my life when I'm faced with adversity or someone's being difficult, and you show them that Christ-like yeah. attitude in that moment. I'm telling you, it wins them over. Yeah. And they, they're like, wow, you know, I know I wasn't right. People know when they're when they're in the bad attitude, oh, yeah, when they're yeah. treating you wrong. <laughs> Right. But when you show that Christ-like spirit, others take notice. And, man, the results of having a Christ-like attitude is that you may win someone over. Yeah. You may challenge even a brother and sister that they can act that way as well. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the, the, the benefits of just having that positive Christ-like attitude right. in face of adversity is just invaluable. Well, once again, going back to Paul, I mean, Paul and Silas, we've mentioned this several times. I mean, it's preached about yeah. tons of times. You know it from Sunday school. You know the story well, but it's like beaten, thrown in the thrown into the inner prison, chains put on their legs, yet they still praise God. They still worship him. 
the earthquake came, it shook the foundations of that prison, opened the prison doors. Yeah. And the jailer was willing to kill himself because he was in fear that all the prisoners were gone. Were gone. Yeah. And yet Paul said, hey, wait a second, we're still here. And we're still, we're still, all of us are still here. Yeah. And that jailer got down and said, what, you know, what should I do? What can I do? I mean, yeah. what, you know, I don't know what it, what it was that was going through that jailer's mind, but when he saw Paul and Silas through the face of all adversity, God opening in the door for them to walk through, yet they stayed behind because there was someone there. I believe, you know, and, and it could be just the unction and leading of the Holy Ghost for Paul and Silas, but maybe they stayed because they knew that jailer was about to give his life. I don't know, but I will say that whatever that jailer saw, he saw something differently in their life that he wouldn't have seen in anyone else. Anyone else that would have that would have happened to, they would have been down cursing God, yeah. swearing, you know, been locked in there forever. But instead, he saw a Christ-like attitude through Paul and Silas, ended up getting saved, him and his house. Yeah. What a powerful testimony. So that is the importance yeah. of having a Christ-like attitude. Uh, in the face of adversity, brother Gabe. That's so important. You know, we we talked about having, you know, that Christ-like attitude and face adversity. But the next thing, the third thing is that we need to keep our mouth clean. And, it, you know, people think about, you know, just talking about not cursing and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no commu- corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may mm. minister grace unto the hearers. And often, you know, we believe that that phrase, no corrupt communication means that we shouldn't cuss or we shouldn't say vulgar things, but it just, it means so much right. more than that. It means that we must do our best to avoid gossiping. Yeah. John. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's one that a lot of people, you know, I, I won't even get into all that, but I mean, we do need to avoid gossiping. Yeah. It is biblical. We do a great job of avoiding curse words and we do a terrible job of refraining from talking about something or someone in a situation that isn't really our business. You know, Proverbs addresses gossip in many scriptures. I mean, there's scriptures throughout the Bible. We yeah. could, if, if you wanted just reach out to us, I will give you scriptures throughout the Bible that discusses gossip. And, but I mean, just pro, if you just look at the book of Proverbs, Chapter 20 and verse 19, it says, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Proverbs 26 and 20 says, Where no wood is, the fire go out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Proverbs 10 and 18, the Bible says that he that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. You've got to realize that keeping a pure mouth and not letting corrupt communication come out of your mouth and to be Christ-like is to be more than just someone who doesn't drop the F-bomb or (laughs) be more than someone who doesn't use, you know, choice four-letter words, but it's someone who is speaking peace and to know, you know, the Bible says, study to be quiet, Mm. study to be quiet. And I think that a lot of Christians need to understand that there's a time to speak and there's a time to not speak. And we need to learn the difference, brother Gabe. There's things that we need to ask ourselves when we're going to talk you know, about someone else is this. Does this edify that other person? Does it yeah. build that other person up? Does right. it lift that other person up? Does it give the hearer a bad impression of the person that, that you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, is it something you have went to that um, 
to that person directly about, you know, maybe it's you're, you're feeling at odds. The Bible says first, go to the one that, right. you know, you, that offended you. Right. Um, and that's, that's important to, to know as well. Fourthly, is it something that you need that you use to struggle with mm. yourself? You know, I think about the the verse there, Matthew chapter seven, verse one. Everyone yeah. knows the quote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> judge not, least uh, and judge you know, judge not. But the verse after that says, "Least you be judged with the same judgment right. that you judge." Mm. And so, if you're going to go out there and start talking about someone else, or you're judging another person, be careful because what right. you're saying. It's going to come back on you, and you will be judged according to what you're judging another person by, yeah. Brother John. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing how you uh, look at the beam that's in someone's eye, but you don't consider the moat that's in your own eye. And I, I think a lot of people do that. And, you know, it, it's I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's like it's like the saying that says that usually people that talk bad about other people have problems with themselves. And I think that's what a lot of that alludes to. It's like, check yourself. And I'm not saying gossip's right, but I'm saying before you go slandering someone else, you need to check your own heart. Because first of all, why would you want to go slander someone if you're being Christ-like? And second of all, what's in your life that's causing you to want to tear down someone else? So yeah. Yeah. Corrupt communication also means that we need to stop talking negatively. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I love this point that we're going to be talking about here yeah. because there's something to be said about someone who just is just radiates positivity. Yeah. There it it's in, their right. presence is infectious. You just want to be around them and you want to spread that to other people as well. Yeah. And you know, have you ever been around someone who has always only spoke negative things? Oh yeah. Too many times. I got one right here. No, I'm joking. Oh, no, yeah, he's he's all positive. Yeah, <laughs> but no. But in in all reality, though, you know, when you're around that person, they they just they drain you. Drain you. Yeah. You feel so drained after you leave uh, leave them, and you're just like, I've got I've got to get some positivity <laughs> back in here. I got to yes. listen to some some mm. great music, or or get get into the word, or go find a friend that that that's positive. But you know, it seems like these people they always have negative things that happen to them, and yeah. they're always down in the dumps about something. But man, to be a positive Christian, you know, I think that's an earmark of a Christian is someone that just really shares that positive attitude to others, and you know that that's so important. Ephesians chapter four five verse four says this. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. We should be thankful. Yes, we should. In what we say, and we should right. share that and be thankful to others. Yeah. Proverbs chapter eighteen verse twenty one says this: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What you're saying, <laughs> you are, you can eat the fruit of, and it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Whatever you, when you start sharing that positivity, right. man, life comes from that, and that's so important. Today, if you're you're thinking about, man, I I have been negative here lately. I want to encourage you to pick up that positive attitude, get into prayer, have God change your spirit, yeah. and have that that earmark of Christianity, yeah, to be positive. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, according to those scriptures, I mean, you need to give thanks and stop speaking negatively. And I, I remember one of our first episodes, we talked about, uh, speaking life essentially is what the, I, I don't remember the exact name of the episode. Shame on me for not remembering that. Maybe you do, but talking about speaking life and we, we brought up the, uh, the, illustration of this man by the name of Dr. Mesaru Emoto, I know I pronounce his name terribly, uh, who did what's called the rice experiment. And he had like two or three bowls of rice. And each morning for like six weeks or something like that, he would wake up to the first bowl and he would speak positively with a positive 
words, but also positive uh, voice. And then he would close the rice and then he would open up the second one and he would speak negative words, but with a, with a positive uh, voice. And then the third one, he would speak negative and negative and the fourth one, you, you, you kind of get the point. So he would do that for six weeks and it kind of find out that the one that he speak po- spoke positive words to with a positive voice actually stayed, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't have eaten it still after <laughs> yeah. six weeks, uh, but but uh, it, it actually stayed longer and it didn't mold yeah. as quickly as the ones that he spoke negatively to. And you can believe that if you want. I don't really care. Google it if you, if you yeah, want to. Try it yourself, there. but it, it's there. But you, you're going to know that if you speak negatively, you will breed negativity. You are going to. Being and speaking neg- negativity is a condition of the heart, Brother Gabe. You think about Matthew 12 and 34, the, uh, Jesus said, O generation of vipers, yeah. How can ye be an evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Yeah. If you are speaking negativity, you need to go back to where your heart is and find out where it is in your heart that's wrong, that's incorrect, that's going astray and get it right with the Lord, brother Gabe. Parents, think about this. You can breed negativity among your kids and really give them a yeah. negative disposition about mm. life, about what you, how you speak in your home. And, you know, when you're there, you know, if it's, you know, a, a mom or a dad and you're there for hours and hours of a day and all that you can talk about is just the negative side of people, yeah. of experiences in your life, it's you're going to breathe that to your children. Don't yeah. do that. Uh, you know, it is a condition of the heart, right? Have God change your heart in a way that you can, live positively in front of your family. Yeah. And you know, another thing that it means is that we need to be cautious about how we speak to others. You know, don't gossip, don't speak negative all the time, but also be cautious how you speak to others. Colossians 4 and 6 says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. And then Proverbs again, 15, 1 through 2 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. If we want peace, we can't stir up anger. Yeah. If we want a matter resolved between an individual, we don't use harsh or belittling words, especially to that individual. And this includes especially <laughs> social media. I think that we do a very, very poor job and I'll, I'll find, I'll include myself in there. If you don't want me to seem judgmental, I'll put myself in there too. But I think we do a horrible job as Christians on social media. When I see Christians get on there and not, there's a difference in a discussion and a belittling fight. And there's a fine line between those two. And I think that we as Christians need to do a better job about that. Could talk about that for hours. (laughs) I'm not going to, but I'm going to say is we need to not use belittling words when we're speaking speaking with one another, because oftentimes we get upset at someone for something that they said, but they meant something else. Or oftentimes we get upset for, 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 I don't even know, whatever reason, some, something that they may not understand. And, you know, here we are getting upset at them. So it's like, you have to be cautious of how you speak to others, brother Gabe. Yeah. If I could just share real quick, you know, to be transparent, you know, this, this past week, I I shared something on social media and people really took offense to it. I did too. And I was like, okay, John, I get you. It was me. No, I'm joking. joking. (laughs) It was, you know, that people really did take offense to it. And I, it was unintentional. Mm -hmm. Um, It came from a very good place. 
And, you know, I learned, you know, to watch how you temper your words, even on social media, because right. people can only read the tone that they imagine you're talking <laughs> in. And so it's important in, during that time that you, you really focus on speaking truth right. in love and really put the other person uh, in, in mind when you write because, um, you know, they could, they could become hurt. Yeah. Um, they could be offended intentionally or unintentionally, unintentionally. Right. And you, know, in this case, very unintentionally. And so just ensuring that you don't, you know, offend a little one yeah. in the faith. Amen. You know, the fourth thing, fourth unique thing, if that's all right, John, yes. just go ahead and move into the next thing is be so, be slow to anger and uh, quick to forgive. Right. James 1, 19 says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak and slow to wrath. You know, often we're slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to aim. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we need the Lord to really uh, work on us and help us, you know, that that we wouldn't be so you know, frustrated quickly and we wouldn't be quick to wrath. Quick to wrath really just means to strike out, yeah. you know, where, you know, maybe it's through our, hopefully not physically, but you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> verbally just to strike out and say, you know, well, I didn't ad- agree with that, so I'm going to lash out and I'm really going to hurt that person that, yeah. you know, that I disagree with. We've heard it said. There is a re- there is a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth. We <laughs> oh, need yeah. to listen to others twice as much as we speak to them. Listening to understand the other person is one of the best ways to resolve differences. Right. And I've said it before, and I don't want to gloss over it. When you listen to understand what that person says, that's when you truly can yeah. respond to them in a loving way, yeah. a way that is really empathetic to where they're at in their life. And so, you know, be be slow to anger. Yeah. And quick to forgive in, right. those, in those moments, and don't be, don't listen to re, to be reactive, but listen to be proactive. I think is a huge thing too. It's like we we don't need to listen just just to 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 get back at someone or cut someone off. You know, we say as Christians we don't get angry, but but how's our attitude when someone cuts us off on the road, or how's our attitude when someone's rude to us in the store? I know I have a hard time, especially with the masks. I was talking to Brother Gabe about that earlier this week. It's like, man, when someone tells me to get on my mask, that's like the one time I think that I'm just like, I'm not going to be a Christian right now. Like if you tell me to put on a mask, no, I'm, but, but how's our attitude when we're at home and not in front of the pastor? How's our attitude when it comes to forgiveness for someone who has wronged us? You know, Jesus brings it uh, to a tough level when he says these words in Matthew six fifteen. he says, but if you forget not men, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, why would God forgive someone who won't forgive and have compassion for others? We must must maintain a good testimony. I mean, Matthew 5 and 48 says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect, And, you know, the question we have is, does your life show Christ whenever you are given those moments of, of wanting to, you know, I know there's moments that you, a lot of you are listening to where you just want to lash out and you want to, you know, Brother Gates said not to be physical, but you want to be physical <laughs> with those people. Like, you just want to knock their block off, you know, and I, I get that. But, you know, we, we have have to be slow to anger, Brother Gabe. We we have to realize that the result of being slow to anger and quick to forgive is less heartache and regret for you, and you fulfill the Bible's command to live peacefully with all men, Brother Amen. Gabe. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says it so well. If it be possible, as much as lies within mm. you, that means everything that you got, yeah. try to live peaceably with all men. Right. So important, man. When we live peaceably, when we're slow to anger and we're quick to forgive, that just, that is such a benefit. Yeah. Such a unique thing about a Christian. Um, because that, 
self nature, um, that fleshly nature, uh, you know, one that is, you know, from the devil and one that, you know, that it just, it's quick to anger. It's quick to right. lash out, quick to fight um, with that other person, but man, live peaceably with all men. Yeah. And number five, simple as that, we're about to close, but number five, <laughs> prayer and not prayer for speaking, but prayer for listening, I think is something that is a unique thing only a Christian yeah. would do. Everybody prays. I mean, atheists pray, and they're not going to admit it to you. They probably <laughs> pray too, but everybody prays. But the one thing that makes us different from everyone else, from the believer to the unbeliever, is listening. You know, most yeah. people pray and seek after something that w- that will not answer them. In fact, a lot of unbelievers pray to God without any thought to God returning their prayer. And often, if yeah. it, it's when they're in need and when they have a want that they go to God. Yeah. But prayer does not work that way for the believer. Prayer for the believer is an open communication. It's dialogue yes. with God. It's back and forth. It's bringing something to God with a heart and mind and ears that are open to hearing what God has to say in return. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 27, we've used this so many times, but yeah. Jesus says this. He says, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice. You see, there, 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 there is a, in other words, if you're not my sheep, you're not going to hear my voice. So yeah. you, that's an unbeliever. But a believer, a Christian, a follower of Christ is a is that category that says my sheep. And if you're my sheep, you're going to hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, mm-hmm. Brother Gabe. What that verse does not say is this. <laughs> my shepherd hears my voice. He answers me when I want and does everything that I ask of him. That's just not how it goes. No. And that's not what a, uh, what a Christian should uh, look as look at prayer as, yeah. where it's our request to the shepherd for him to do it what we want, <laughs> when we want it, and do everything that we want. Yeah. It's just not that way. A unique right. Christian, everyday Christian, is one that says, I'm going to listen to God. Right. I'm going to hear his voice. I'm yeah. going to know it's him. And then I'm just going to follow that. Mm. You know, we must hear him. We must seek to know him and we must follow his direction. That yes. is a unique everyday Christian. Brother yes. John. It's not good enough that our prayers only consist of making requests to God. They also consist of interceding on someone's behalf or praising or asking God for direction or asking God to change you. And most importantly, asking God to speak back to you. See, when we pray, pray, we must enter into the mindset that God is going to speak to us as well. We need to live a life that understands to take time to wait Wait. in prayer. It's the most important thing, and it's overlooked, and it's not used, is the, the ability to wait in prayer. When we take time to wait in His presence, we will hear from God. You know, Amen. I like this this quote. It says, God speaks to those who take time to listen, and he listens to those who take time to pray, Brother Game. Praise the Lord. The result of listening when you pray is living a life that hears from God. Mm. And, you know, there that's what separates the, the young Christian and, and the older Christian, almost it seems, or I should say, you know, even the one, an unbeliever from a believer, is yeah. there is a life that's living being lived right. where we're listening to God. And we need a God-led life. Yes. It's so important. And, you know, it's, you know, speaking to our, our last point, you know, we need to listen when we pray. And that the result of that is listening to be led by yeah. God and Amen. His Word.
Amen. So here, yeah, five unique things that only an everyday Christian would do. We could give you more. We could go on. But these are the five we picked. What are some that you can think of? Won't you leave us a comment below and let us know something that you think is unique that only an everyday Christian would do? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Love to get your reactions. Uh, Love those that have feedback for us. Message us, if you will. If you're on YouTube, click the subscribe button down below on your right-hand side and subscribe to our page. But hopefully something in this episode episode helped you in some way. And if it's something, there's something in here that you're not doing, we pray that it challenged you and that you will seek after the Lord to get better at it and to draw closer to God through this. So Brother Gay, won't yeah. you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to live a life that is unique separate from the world, God. I pray that you would just help us, remind us these points uh, as we go forward, oh God, that we could be an everyday Christian. We could live out our everyday as you would have us. Lord, I pray that you would lead each one that's listening today, God, in your love and in your light. God, I pray that you just keep each one of our listeners safe. Until the next time, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.